Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. Someone about Jesus, be swift his command to obey. Proclaim unto all his salvation, go now and no longer delay. Tell someone about Jesus, many are waiting, are waiting to hear. Many are sad and discouraged. Someone about Jesus brings souls out of darkness to light. From byways and highways go lead them to paths that are sunny and bright. Tell someone about Jesus. Many are waiting, are waiting to hear. Many are sad and discouraged. Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless this broadcast to every listener. Help us as we open the Word of God to find the truth on many important subjects. We ask it in Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God Hold us who bow before Thee Near to the heart of God. Amen. 
stained conscience dare gaze on thy face. Out each idol, here set up thy throne. Rain, rain without rival, supreme and alone. Since the first time Miss Del Delker sang, He Bought My Soul. Many requests have come in asking her to sing it again. We're happy that she has chosen it for her song today.
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, just one question, please. How many times I've heard people say that? Just one question, please. Of course, it's not the last one to the person asking it. It seems so important that he just must ask it, and ask it right now. Well, here's one such question. Do you believe that all the people who are saved in God's kingdom must have all the light and accept all the truth you teach? No dodging now. What do you think and teach about this? Answer. Well, the answer's plain and unqualified. No. Otherwise, how could Jesus say that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be in the kingdom of God? Luke 13:28. These three patriarchs of old never saw the New Testament, therefore did not have much of the light and truth that we have today. But they walked in the light they had. Of Abraham, it is written... In Genesis 26, verse 5, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. The great question that faces all of us, and has faced all men always, is this. How do we treat the light we have? We read in James 4:17, To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Those who live in lands where the Bible is offered for sale everywhere, a land in which church spires point heavenward, will have little excuse if they do not follow the light. Is it not written in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. The big question with which we come face to face is not so much how other people will be saved as how we will be saved. Let us be certain that we ourselves walk in the light which by God's grace has come to us. Dear voice of prophecy, can you give me a list of references where I can find some good Bible stories to read to my children? Indeed we can. Get your pencil. We'll give you several right now. Here they are. A bush that would not burn. Exodus, third chapter. Bread from heaven. Exodus 16. A spring that never ran dry. Exodus 17. God's handwriting. Exodus 20. When the walls came tumbling down. Joshua 6, birds that helped God, 1 Kings 17, a king's wonderful dream, Daniel 2nd chapter. There are many other stories in the Bible. Why not get some good book on Bible stories for children, such as Best Stories from the Best Book by White, or the Bible Story by Arthur Maxwell, affectionately known to millions as Uncle Arthur. A good book of Bible stories in simplified language, well illustrated, may mean everything to a growing child. Question, do you think it does any good to pray for other people? Or should we not just pray for ourselves? In answer, we have an apostolic command to pray for others. Here it is in James 5.16. Pray one for another. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man 
availeth much. Dear Sir, Our minister isn't much of a preacher. Do you think it would be unchristian for us to get a petition for a change? Well, why not try prayer first? Here's a good text on the subject, 2 Thessalonians 3.1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Remember, it was a great preacher, this Apostle Paul, who said this. Yet he needed the prayers of the believers. A praying church usually makes a successful preacher. Almost any little preacher, supported by the united prayers of his church members, day in and day out, beseeching God to make him valiant, skillful, powerful, and full of the Holy Spirit, can be changed into a mighty preacher. Why not try that first? Why not get out a petition to God first and see what happens? Then there are many who ought to be out preaching the gospel with power who are not doing so, but who could really be prayed into the field. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You'll find those words in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Let us pray some of these gifted men out into the field where they belong. Well, here's someone who's discouraged. Listen to this question. Dear radio preacher, sometimes it seems to me that my life has been useless. I'm a Christian and love the Lord, but I live in an isolated place. I can't preach. I can't teach. I'm so poor that I have very little to give to the work of God. What can I do for Christ? Well, you can live for him. That's the first thing. The scripture doesn't say, you are my lawyers, but you are my witnesses, saith the Lord. Isaiah 43:10. Not only by a public profession of our faith, but in a quiet, simple, earnest, honest, Faithful Christian life, we bear our witness. Our lives are open books for all to read. They become a witness, a testimony, a confession of our faith. Jesus said, Whosoever therefore that shall confess me before man, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Matthew 10:32. Remember this, the greatest argument for Christianity is a consistent, earnest Christian life, and oh, how we do need them. And it's an argument no infidel on earth can successfully overthrow. So, my friend, be of good courage. You are working for Christ right where you are if you're living for him, a consecrated life. So keep looking up and go forward in faith. Question, why should you Christians be so careful about keeping the Sabbath day? Don't you know that Jesus himself said that if your donkey falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, you are to pull him out? Yes, Jesus did say that. And you will find it recorded in Luke 14, verse 5. But if I had a donkey that fell into the same pit every Sabbath, I am quite sure that I would either fill up the pit or get a new donkey. What do you think about it? Question. How can you, as a Christian minister, teach that other human beings are now being punished in hellfire for their sins? Wouldn't that theory, if true, make God a respecter of persons? 
for some would suffer thousands of years longer than others. Well, I do not believe that the Bible teaches such a doctrine. In fact, it's plainly written in 2 Peter 2.9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And we're glad of that. And, here's something else he knows, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, whatever that punishment is, it comes at the day of judgment, not now. So all will receive it at the same time. They are reserved unto the day of judgment to be punished. And in just a few verses before this, the apostle tells us that the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, those two wicked cities, which were overthrown and turned to ashes, are an example of what God will do to the ungodly. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was complete. They were turned into ashes by eternal fire, as we read in Jude, the seventh verse. And this is given as an example of the fate of the world. Dear sir, why don't you say something about good health, health of the body as well as health of the soul? fact is, we've spoken about this again and again. And now today we will say something about it yet again. We advise every listener to study the matter of diet and learn what is best food for himself, leaving off all hurtful materials and poisons. We believe it's best to have nothing to do with tobacco, liquor, or even coffee and tea, or any other beverage that contains drug stimulants. Proper rest and exercise and clothing are important too. And there's something else that may be even more important for good health, and that's this, good thinking. In a book entitled The Ministry of Healing, page 251, I find these words, Nothing tends more to promote health of body and of soul than does a spirit of gratitude and praise. It's a positive duty to resist melancholy, discontented thoughts and feelings, as much a duty as it is to pray. Now, that's a strong statement, but I believe it's true. Let's put it this way. Eat right, drink right, dress right, rest right, work right, but above all, think right. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, said the Apostle Paul, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. The Seventh-day Adventist Church, to which I belong, is a small Christian denomination of just over a million members, but it pours millions of dollars annually into the support of health education and medical ministry. In the past few years, we have been able to train over 3,000 physicians, more than 8,000 nurses, and hundreds of other medical workers. According to Dr. T.R. Flays, the medical secretary of our world work, the God who created man's spirit, soul, and body certainly expects us to carry a message of hope and blessing and to build up the human race in the image of God, which has been marred by sin and its results. Our help to others, then, must be spiritual, intellectual, and physical. Dear Voice of Prophecy, I understand that your organization is highly endowed and that you need no financial support. Is that true? Answer. Whoever told you that was just as far off from the North Pole as the tropics are. There's not one word of truth in it. The Voice of Prophecy is not endowed, but depends upon the support of its friends to exist and carry on its work. A dear voice, don't you think that some tribes or races of men have sunk too low to be helped much by gospel work? The Bible says that Jesus is able to save unto the uttermost them that come unto God by him, Hebrews 7, 25. 
And in the very last chapter of the Bible, we find another wonderful promise. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. So there you have it. Whosoever will, anybody may come who will come. There's nothing in this wonderful offer to shut anyone out because of race or creed. One day John Ruskin was walking along the streets of London. He noticed it had been raining and there was a lot of sticky black mud everywhere. He decided he would analyze some of it. So he took this London mud to the laboratory. It was found to consist of sand, clay, soot, and water. The thing that struck him was that these are the very materials from which precious jewels and gems are made. From the sand or silt come the onyx, agate, beryl, carnelian, and others. From the clay comes the sapphire, ruby, emerald, and topaz, and from the soot, the precious diamond. Just think of it, London mud composed of priceless jewels. And that's true of mud everywhere. Mud is mud, but it's also the basic ingredient of the most beautiful things in the world. By the marvels of modern science, man has actually been able to take some of these materials and form artificial jewels that shine as brightly as the ones found in nature. So God transforms and recreates the mud of depraved and sinful humanity. He transforms it. He makes it over into the glory of redeemed and beautiful souls, those who will feel at home in his kingdom of purity and light, redeemed ones who will sing a new song someday, saying, Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Those words are found in Revelation 5, 9, and 10. Notice, out of every kindred, every nation, every people. It's such possibilities as these that make Christians the greatest optimists on earth. Whosoever heareth shout, shout the sound, send the blessed tidings all the world around. Spread the joyful news wherever man is found, whosoever will may come, whosoever will, whosoever will, send the proclamation over vale and hill. Tis a loving Father calls the wanderer home, whosoever will may come, whosoever will the promise secure, whosoever will forever must endure, whosoever will tis life forevermore. Whosoever will may come, whosoever will, whosoever will, send the proclamation over vale and hill, tis the loving Father calls the wanderer home, whosoever will may come.
This is Orville Iverson encouraging you not to despair on days when things look down. It's so easy to look up to God, and there you will find strength to go forward in faith. And now, here with a final word for you is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Have faith in God from sin and doubting freed. Have faith in God in thought and word and deed. Have faith in God to meet our every need. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope, friends, that this program of ours has brought faith and comfort and inspiration to you today. And we invite you to tell others and listen in again next week for another broadcast to be brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Remember, Thursday is prayer day at the Voice of Prophecy. All around the world, a worldwide prayer circle, and you can be in it. And so we say to one and all now, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.